so I would strictly go to the office in my office pants and I, you know, as one says, dropped it too low and they ripped it in half. Oh no. <laughs> yep. Bonsoir. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the La Vie and Bros podcast. Today we have a special guest joining us to talk about rolling on two wheels in Paris. Maybe three wheels, maybe four wheels. Basically moving around Paris in a way that's not walking, riding the metro, or taking a car. So, and no four-wheelers either. No four-wheelers. <laughs> have you seen a four-wheeler? No, I haven't. Yes, there's four-wheeler tours in Paris, in fact, Who is that this? we encounter. Who's so, this voice we're hearing? Hello, uh, my name is Matt. I am a bike tour guide here in Paris. Uh, I've been doing that for a summer now, uh, living in Paris for two of the past three years. And uh, yeah, just ride around on bikes and shout at people all day and, and make <laughs> money doing it. So it's good fun. It's not a bad gig. Not no. a bad gig. <laughs> yeah. And how do we know Matt? We have a little bit of a history now going. Yeah, we've known each other for quite a fair amount of time at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all went to school together. Yeah. At the uh, are we are doxing ourselves with our? Oh, uh, you can say we're going to okay, school. Okay. Uh, the University of Wisconsin. Madison. Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you going to say Madison? <laughs> yeah. So Kristen and I were actually college roommates and random roommates at that. So. Yes. And this how is, lucky we are that yeah, that worked out. We are the only success story I've ever heard. Yeah, of random <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and then I was I studied abroad in Aix en Provence with Kristen, and so that is how I encountered Kristen. Yeah, uh, and we encountered living in France together. Yeah, at and the same time. that's how we're all here together now, living in France. In France, this <laughs> what's, is, yeah. What's your guys's favorite memory from Aix en Provence? Mm. Do you or like oh what was, do you have any like crazy story to share real quick? I just really remembered pizza lumberjack. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> lumberjack <laughs> pizza <laughs> was fantastic. But even better was Santos fries, which was just like a little hole in the wall that sold French fries, and they would just cover it in mayonnaise. And I would and salsa gerien. Wait, I never knew the name of that place. Santos, yeah. I just called it like salsa no. Algerian Santos place. was the kebab place. Oh, wait. Have, we have to look up like, the fry place. I was like, that place has a name? <laughs> wait, I have... I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up real quick. <laughs> there was Chamas. Tacos. Chamas. Mmm, that sounds familiar. Wait, is that the burrito place? No. It was the tacos place. Uh, like French, French tacos? tacos? French tacos. Oh, don't get me started. I feel like best drunk food. My favorite memory <laughs> that comes to mind is when I ripped my pants at oh. IPN. <laughs> Who could and, forget? Yeah. No. And, and it was my, like, that was right when I started thrifting and, like, really sort of getting into thrifting. And I came to Paris and I found these pair, this pair of office pants. Okay. And I called them my office pants. <laughs> but I strictly wore them for going out. That okay. was your office. Yeah, that was yeah. my office. My office was IPN, which is, for those that don't know, um, IPN is basically, like, a French frat house basement party every 
day of the weekend. <laughs> so I would strictly go to the office in my office pants. And I, you know, as one says, dropped it too low and they ripped it in half. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. Yep. That's all right. RIP office pants. I think it's funny because we all lived in X, but I was not there at the same time as you guys. Right. Mm. It's just a little bit off. Yeah, that is true. Different memories. Yeah. A beautiful city, though. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless. We love X. We love X. Cool place. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into the biking conversation. So I want to ask a quick question first. Matt, what did you think of biking in Paris before you became a biking tour guide? Yeah, so biking in Paris, one thing to understand is that biking in Paris has changed a lot in the past uh, four to five years. So for even from when I the first time I came to Paris for a meaningful amount of time, back in uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, It's changed a lot since then. But my first uh, major experience biking with Paris was back in 2019 when I I bought a bike and um, I biked it home from where I bought it. And it was a bit overwhelming because I was still new to Paris and Mm -hmm. trying to navigate back home on bike is very different from doing it in the metro because you're not in a tunnel. Right. Yeah, you're out in the city and you have to figure out there's your way. There's obstacles. Yeah, and then there's lots of... Uh, and you have to use two hands. You have and, to use two yeah, hands. You, you have to try to figure out where you are. You have to watch out for people, for cars, other cyclists, uh, obstacles in the road. So I thought it was very hectic and stressful at times, but it is much nicer to be out in the city. Mm-hmm. And I realized quickly that when I look on Google Maps... It's often a lot quicker to take the bike than even to Metro. So, or, so from my understanding, you bought a bike before ever biking in Paris. Yes. You just were like, yep, I'm going to do that it. That was, that was my it. question yes. was like, have you ever done or like biked before? And well, you mentioned that. So Matt had mentioned previously that he biked in Madison a little bit. Yes. Um, because personally for me, like I did not bike a lot in Madison. So... Honestly, starting here, biking in Paris, for me, that was like totally brand new. Throughout college, I had a bike and I biked basically whenever it was like a reasonable temperature, I would bike pretty much Mm -hmm. everywhere. And Madison has pretty good bike infrastructure. So it's easy to go around and be in a bike lane the whole time. Madison wasn't bad for biking. I did used to bike in Madison, but... Um, my bike was really old and the brakes were kind of rusted. And I remember one time I was biking home from a nannying job that actually Kristen set me up with. You was, biked all the way over there? Oh, of course. It was, oh my God. How did you get there, a car? Yeah, I would just drive. I, I would crawl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were, we both nannied at separate points for a family in outside of Madison. Mm-hmm. But basically I used to bike there until... I crashed my bike into the back of someone's car very slowly, very slowly. (laughs) But my my brakes just stopped working. It was cold. I don't know. And I just bumped the back of her car. And she came out and she's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? I was still standing. I didn't even tip over. Nothing happened. Nothing on the fender. It was just stupid. (laughs) And she was so worried about me. And I'm like, bless your soul. Don't worry. I will not sue. We don't have to exchange information. (laughs) I just tapped your bumper. Um, but after that, the nanny, the family that I nannied for, lent me a car to borrow for the rest oh, of um, yeah. 
Yeah, bougie. Well, that <laughs> car also had bad brakes, but maybe that's yeah, another, <laughs> another time. But uh, yes, yeah, so in any case, I was used to urban biking to an extent um, okay. going into this. And uh, but when I had Paris, so I lived I've lived in Paris in two stints. That was my first stint. And I didn't really bike too much. Um, for one, one of the, the downsides of having a bike and taking it places is that you always have to take it back. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it decides to start raining or you're just too tired, you're kind of stuck having to take the bike back. So that kind of often prevented me from taking the bike. Uh, but sometimes if I felt like it, I would just take it down. And usually it's a good way to kind of figure out the main layout of the city because Paris, you know, you've got all your big boulevards. And once you kind of map those out and you know generally where they are, then you can just work your way over towards one of the main thoroughfares and then get where you're going. Okay. That, um, is, that is definitely something that I've known noticed since like the beginning of my Vlieb journey is that now I understand a little bit more just the layout of Paris and I've never, I never really considered that. You don't before. get that in the Metro. You really don't because you go down into the Metro and then you pop up somewhere and you're like, Oh, well, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for our listeners who don't know what Velib is, can you guys explain yeah. it for us? So Velib is basically Paris's uh, public bike sharing system. Uh, it's one of, it's pretty old, actually. I was surprised to see it actually launched in 2007. Oh. Um, so it's quite old. Uh, and it's very, there's Velib stations absolutely everywhere. It's about 1,400 stations throughout the Paris region. 1,400? Yeah, there's a lot of Velib stations. It has about 100,000 trips per day that it facilitates. Um, and it's also very affordable. So like the max, mm. the highest level uh, abonnement subscription is uh, 8 euros per month. Really? And that gives you unlimited access on the green, the regular bikes. Mm-hmm. And then you get two... Uh, free rides on the electric bike so they also have electric bikes which i think is really good because it makes biking accessible especially for people that maybe if they live up on a hill so they would be mm-hmm. less likely to do it that oh, sort of yeah. thing see i live near Montmartre. you see a lot of bikes just thrown on the ground no way <laughs> at the bottom of the hill people just give up people <laughs> give up because it's so steep around yeah. there like there was one time when I was actually meeting up with Sam to go run in Bouchemont mm-hmm. and I had taken, I guess this is going to tie into another uh, thing about Belieb, but um, I was taking an electric bike uh, of Belieb and it started to fail on me. So then I ended up just walking it up and I think I remember you standing there and then I was like coming up and I was like sweating because... <laughs> I had to bring up this electric lead bike up the hill and I almost wanted to ditch it at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> Those things are heavy. They are, yeah. especially like they're heavier than regular reliefs. Yeah, yeah. But but they do not fail often, I wanna say. I think it depends. Well, so that's kind of the downside with yeah. Veli being so widespread and so affordable. I mean, obviously that's really nice, but it does mean that they they take a lot of abuse. Um and you, when you take a Velib, so for anybody thinking about trying Velib, always make sure there's two pedals, <laughs> which you would think. Today, today I had two Velibs and like, I well, I walked up to the Velibs and then there wasn't a pedal on one of them. And then I walked to the other one. 
not a pedal. Was it the other yeah. pedal? Could you like? I was. <laughs> it was in the basket. I was yeah. like, I was like yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and it's probably it's more than five times I've gotten the Velib. I've been and I didn't do my check. I got the Velib. I got going and instantly discover there's only one pedal. Oh, and then no. you just have to put it back yeah. in despair. Yeah. So always check that there's pedals, check the tires, check that the chain's on, uh, check that the brakes work, and then... That one's important, that's coming an, from someone who <laughs> had a little crash. <laughs> yes. And make sure also that the brakes don't squeak, because that shit is annoying. That is so annoying. <laughs> okay, that's some picky. That's like no, next but, year. No, but when you're doing a 25-minute... Uh, ride across, <laughs> I don't know, across Paris, and you're squeaking every time. But if a, an annoying pedestrian cuts you off and you squeak at them, it can scare them. It sounds so much satisfying. more like satisfying to yeah. like, screw it's you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you see how much you screwed me up? Here's a little, <laughs> the most annoying sound ever. As I actually word. definitely did that today <laughs> when I was approaching uh, uh, Saint-Michel and like right by Notre Dame. And I squeaked and a pedestrian like jumped and like kind of like went back a little bit back onto the sidewalk. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. bitch, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming through on my belief. <laughs> so, Matt, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do as a biking tour guide <clears throat> and what that entails where you go? Yeah, so it's a pretty standard. Uh, we do tours in Paris and also at Versailles. Cool. Um, and basically we set up the customers with the bikes and then I take them around. Um, it's mostly uh, me explaining to them how to navigate the city. And it's me kind of trying to manage a group of 20 people and make sure that they all get uh, to where we're going. And then uh, nobody gets hit by cars or anything. And then we go to different stops, you know, the Louvre, the Eiffel Tower, uh, Notre Dame, all that stuff. And then I give a speech in front of it. And then we go on to the next stop. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what I do. And I mean, the, I studied history at Wisconsin, so the, the speech stuff is kind of, I, I enjoy it, and it, it's uh, not really work for me. But the real work is just managing this group of people mm -hmm. who, you would be surprised how many people sign up for bike tours that have never ridden a bike before. I was going to ask sort of like the rate of people, or like they're <laughs> yeah. on like a scale of one to ten how is their level, I guess? Of... Generally, people are fine. Okay. Um, we try to identify the the people that like have not ridden bikes before before kind of we leave on them. the tour and then you know the, someone will come and have a have a chat with them and oh, no. tell them they can't go because they'll hold up everything and they're risks themselves and other people that is so a good it's point. Uh, well right it's, I was uh, gonna yeah. ask if you have like little training wheels to put on you have, like, <laughs> here, little... here you go Honestly, it's like a tricycle yeah mm -hmm. uh, yeah we I can't should do that imagine just me okay. Coming from a personal standpoint, I love biking. I think it's great. I refuse to bike in the city, so I don't bike in Paris. And these two have been trying to get me on a bike. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen. We'll do a podcast on bikes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. No. Yeah, we'll podcast while we're biking. <laughs> Maybe I'd come to your tour in Versailles, but I think that yeah. Paris, look, it's just not happening. I thought it was really interesting the fact that you were talking about bringing your own bike. Like, I never noticed that with Valiving, it's like right. so convenient because mm -hmm. with Valiving, you can just get on a Valive and like I believed here, for example, but I'm probably going to end up taking the Metro back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that I like that system of Valive. The flexibility. The flexibility and just like, oh, wow, look, it, it's a nice evening. I'm going to 
what I really find like to be a benefit mm-hmm. is just the, um, the added physical activity into my day because I otherwise, for example, um, typical day, I would commute like an hour to work and then an hour back on the RER. And then let's say I'm going to go meet up with friends. It's just like, it kind of gives me that, I don't know, that physical activity that I didn't get pretty much all day. Mm -hmm. No, that totally And that's like, that's a solid 25 minutes if I'm, you know, leaving across Paris. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely something that I, I like a lot about Valine. Today or yesterday, I was, I actually took the metro um, to go meet a group for a private tour. And the metro uh, got completely shut down, blocked. Everybody had to get off the train. No. And I, in order, I was still able to make it on time though, Mm -hmm. because I found a Valide and I just ran over there. So that's really the, I think, and especially I was just in Chicago a couple weeks ago and Chicago has uh, their own bike sharing system called Divi. And I didn't realize how different it is from in Paris because the Divi stations were so far apart. Mm. You would, they were often like more than, more than a mile apart from the nearest one. Yeah. And that was also really, really expensive. Like I took a, I think about a 30 minute Divi and it ended up costing me like $12 as opposed to a a, a Valib where you get, uh, even with no uh, subscription, it's three euros for an electric bike for uh, an hour mm-hmm. and then a, an extra euro for every hour after that so okay. and that's if you don't have a subscription yes that's if you are, you just go in and mm-hmm. rent it okay um and that's the thing like i have a monthly metro subscription but for me to add on a valib subscription it was only what seven euros so it's like it doesn't break the bank and i feel like i'm you know like i said adding more physical activity into my day mm-hmm. and it's a lot cheaper than a gym yeah. membership. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting point when you're comparing the Valibing system in Paris to the Divi bikes mm-hmm. in Chicago. Like, just how inaccessible the infrastructure in America still is, even when they try to do something. Like, mm-hmm. even when we have bikes, okay, we're trying to do better for the environment. We're trying to get people moving more. Just really having, like, a win-win situation. And it sounds almost unusable. I mean, if you're trying yeah. to get to somewhere that isn't close to one of these Divi stations, it doesn't sound worth it. And also just the cost. Mm-hmm. You're spending mm-hmm. 12 euros to ride a bike for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's insane. Yeah. Who's going to do that? Right. Exactly. Yeah, It's and already it... like a sunk cost kind of thing. Right. I mean, <laughs> I would want to feel good about it. And I think that especially as someone who isn't interested in biking in the city, that's a huge barrier to entry is adding 12, 12 bucks or 12 euro, twelve dollars yeah. to do something that I'm already hesitant about. That's mm-hmm. It's a no-brainer that I would not do that. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. And I'm sure that'll get better in the future. They'll build more stations. Um, they'll probably, uh, hopefully they come up with a different system because right now the Divi, at least, it's basically like, it's done by Lyft. And oh, it's basically okay. like the Lyft Uber business model where you get charged based on the distance. That's so dumb for bikes. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they'll, because Divi's way newer than Velib. Like Mm -hmm. I said, Velib's been around for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So they've had a lot more time to kind of hone their model um, and to build up their stock of bikes and stations and everything. It really is amazing how many stations there are in Paris, how many Velib stations there are in Paris. Like Mm -hmm. I never worry about 
putting my bike away. Well, actually today, <laughs> one station, I was over, I was sort of over in the 12th. And then actually there was a lack of people using Valibs. So the entire station was full when I was trying to park my bike. Oh. So then I had to mm. sit there and wait for 10 Plus, minutes for someone to <laughs> put yeah. a, or take out a bike. That can be frustrating. Yeah. 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 And that's one thing I know the Veli that they do is redistribute bikes mm -hmm. to high. Um, they do that. They do that overnight. I know. Oh, really? Yeah. It's that quick. Well, they, well, they, they, in the night, they'll have trucks go through and they'll take bikes from certain stations that have a ton of them and redistribute them to stations that don't have a lot. And I actually had a question around that because sometimes I see exactly in your situation when it's all filled already. I've seen people just abandon their Valib next to it. What would happen for you? Like being, would you be charged? How yeah. would that work? Yeah, you would probably be charged. You get charged one euro for every hour after. And at a certain point, you get like a text saying that, hey, your Valib's been running for six hours. Uh, Has this ever happened to you? Yes. And I, I, well, because one time I took a Valib to the Versailles tour mm -hmm. and I get a text while I'm in Versailles saying, hey, your Valib's been running for like six hours. And apparently I had put it in um wrong and it didn't like fully register that it was in the thing because it was one that i actually it was one i took out and then the uh it had a flat tire oh, no. so oh, i put it back no. straight away and i got really frustrated because you can only rent out one velib at a time so then i wasn't able to rent out more velibs so i cursed velib and i went and i got a lime bike instead oh. which lime if you know makes the scooters they also do bikes um, it's more expensive than Velib, not as expensive as the Divi, okay. but um, the bikes are much, much nicer generally. Because and it's really, more privatized. So it's, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more expensive, so less people use them, mm -hmm. um, but the bikes are nicer. They're really nice, and they are very fast, too. Interesting. So Matt's smiling. He likes to go fast. I like <laughs> I like the line bikes. Need for speed. <laughs> Need for speed over here. That is actually one of the best things, like rolling down... Boulevard Saint Michel on an electric bike. I've gotten up to about twenty five kilometers per hour <laughs> or something like that. Break the speed limit. <laughs> um, so Matt, we've been jumping around between talking about your job and talking about believing. Mm -hmm. But let's just be clear for everybody: Matt does not work for Believe. He is working for a bike tour. Yes. Uh, company. Tell us more about the history of biking in Paris and how things have changed or what's going on here. Yeah. So. The current mayor of Paris, uh, by the name of Anne Hidalgo, is super, super pro-bike and anti-car and has been working one of her big platforms that she she just won re-election. Um, one of her big platforms that she won on was taking continuing to take space away from cars. So a great example of that is the, the walkways along the Seine River, which are super, super popular um, for people. She... Those used to be two lane roads for cars just 10 years ago. And she closed it off to cars, opened it up to everything else. And now it's all pedestrians and cyclists. And so, I mean, we can both, we all agree. It's a really, really nice place. Mm -hmm. um, it's always super, super popular and really, really nice place to be. Oh, it's awesome. And I just really appreciate the streets that are more walkable and have less cars on it. It drives me crazy when you have this beautiful landscape and then you just have a ton of cars parked along kind of blocking off businesses yeah. mm -hmm. kind of right up in front of Chaos and everything yeah. like that. It's really frustrating. Yeah. But I did hear there's also been um how do we say this? 
there's been more of a ban for having diesel vehicles come into Paris. Isn't mm. that something too? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you can get fined if you're right, driving a certain type of vehicle here. Mm. And uh, even I remember I was talking to a woman who lives in Vacroneuve and she has a diesel running car and <clears throat> they said that she needs to get a new she needs yeah. to get a new car or she's going to get fined yearly. Actually, I when I was staying with my conversation partner Chloe in NC, she was explaining to me how her car has like a special sticker on it and on the days where there's too much pollution in the city, uh-huh. she's allowed to drive her car, but people that don't have that sticker or that like approval mm are not actually allowed to drive those their cars at all. Okay. And which then, is so interesting. Does she have an electric car? What kind of car does she have? I think it was like a hybrid. Oh, okay. it was a hybrid, yeah. Yeah. But um but that is something very different here in France than in America because I feel like if someone were to be like, "Hey, you can't drive your car." Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell would break world. loose. Right. <laughs> but it's the part part of the problem is American cities are designed so that they're impossible to get anywhere without a car. Mm-hmm. So you I can't just ban cars in in suburbs because you know it'll take there's it's just not possible mm-hmm. to walk anywhere because everything is single family homes, everything is parking lots. I remember when I was talking to you Matt um and you recently just went back to the United States and how you said or you said something like it feels weird to leave the house and not have like a specific destination to go to in America mm-hmm. and how in Paris, like, yeah, you have somewhere to go, but like, it just feels a little bit less. The journey is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I'm not just, because if I'm going to go anywhere from my suburban house where I grew up, you know, I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to have a specific place in mind and I'm just going to go there. Whereas in Paris, I can kind of say, oh, I'm just going to vaguely walk over to the canal today. And I kind of meander, I can take any side street I want, and I can discover all kinds of stuff along the way. Whereas in the car, when I'm driving along these roads, you know, I just, it's a terrible place to be. It's just parking lots and asphalt everywhere. And I just want to get where I'm going and then be done with it. And that was something actually that I've noticed with believing is believing biking (laughs) um it's like basically its own verb um but I was planning on going to the canal one day and working in a coffee shop and I actually was believing along up to République and I noticed this cute little matcha cafe and I decided to change my entire plan for the day (laughs) and work in this matcha cafe for the rest of the day and that is a really great benefit of biking and believing is that you can sort of discover all these new places like otherwise i would have just taken the metro to the canal or even maybe walked but i just feel like for some reason there's a sense of discovery while i'm riding a believe Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is i love that but i do feel the same way about because i walk a lot of places when i can you know getting here we're at matt's place today to record this podcast and getting here i could either take two metros or i could walk for 20 minutes and then take one metro Mm -hmm. so i chose that option and I do really enjoy the walk. I enjoy the journey. And I think that that is something that's so missing in America and just in our infrastructure. It doesn't allow you to exist outside. And that will be an upcoming podcast where we talk about the art of being outside and loitering. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I remember taking up space, taking yeah. up space in public and 
that being normal and accepted. And I think that's a marker for a good community. And I think that's something that is severely lacking in mm-hmm. almost every city and town and village in America. Yeah. And I think it's also a real shame that in America, you have to have a car to participate in society 100%. because it's such a massive financial burden mm-hmm. to buy a car, to pay for gas, to pay for all of the maintenance and everything, right. just to be able to have a job, to mm-hmm. go get groceries, to pick your kids up from school, that sort of thing. Especially in a time like right now, where gas prices are so insanely high, you know, we living in Paris without cars don't feel that at all because mm-hmm. we're lucky enough to live in a place that allow it, it. It's a city designed for people. It's not designed for just cars. Exactly. And that's been something that I've been considering as I'm looking for jobs is just like living in Paris. My cost of living is a, is lower actually, I think, than it would be in America, than in America mm-hmm. because that transportation, that oh. transportation costs. Um, mm-hmm. It's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive to own a car, pay insurance, fill it up with gas right now. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. And we can't rely on public transportation in the U.S. Yeah. in a lot of cities. Yeah. But that's one of the things with um, <clears throat> with Paris. Like Paris used to be very, very much oriented around cars. Like I said, with the with the river walks being just roads, uh, everything being just roads. And Anne Hidalgo over the last five, ten years has more than doubled the amount of bike lanes in the city. And they're creating all kinds of um, yeah bike infrastructure, two lane protected bike lanes on every major boulevard all along the river so that it's so easy and convenient to bike around and it's becoming more and more like Amsterdam which Amsterdam everybody thinks of Amsterdam as this biking haven but it also used to be very much oriented around cars and starting in the 60s and 70s that's when they really started to turn it into a bike city and Paris is undergoing the same transformation but they're just doing it super quickly because they want to make it kind of a a political statement as well saying that this is our intention. We're going to kind of take space away from cars consciously to kind of show the world that this is a better way because it, it just objectively is better. Mm-hmm. It's better for people's health. It's better for the environment. It's so much more efficient at moving people. Uh, also, cars are super loud. That doesn't get talked about enough. People mm-hmm. complain that cities are noisy, but it's really just cars that are noisy because the engines are loud. The wheels rolling are loud. And... Uh, being in high noise places from the cars uh, can has lots of bad health benefits. Mm, I never uh, even thought about that with like New York City, I'm sure. I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in New York, but I think that's almost like a trademark feature, oh, yeah. I guess you could say. Well, it's like the joke, nobody drives in New York, there's too much traffic. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Do people bike in New York? Have yeah. Have you ever biked in? New York? I've never biked okay. in New York, but it is New York's kind of uh, building up a decent bike infrastructure okay. itself. They've got bike bike highways and things like that. Okay, I think that every large city at this point in twenty twenty two kind of needs to step up their game and is jumping more on the bandwagon. Yes, mm-hmm. especially yeah. I think a bit less in America, but I know that in France with our push towards. Um, Combating the climate crisis, it is a huge necessity to take away the need for this um, singular transportation, like mm. cars. Yeah. It's like uh, there's a study done by a, uh, a think tank uh, that studies urban planning and transit. 
and they found that a single lane of traffic can move between 600 and 1600 people in cars. And that same lane of traffic can move 7,500 people per hour on bicycles. That's so that's like five times more efficient <laughs> just with a single lane of traffic. And you can't see right now, but my jaw is <laughs> dropped. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, again, it's this idea of design cities for people, not designing cities for cars. And while we're talking about designing things for people, biking isn't accessible for everybody. No. Uh, but if we have more people biking and less traffic, that actually makes the roads more accessible absolutely. for those people who do need to travel by car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like saying get rid of cars because, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people, there's reasons for cars and there's uses and necessities for cars. But making it so that that's the only option is just it's objectively worse. Correct. For people. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. Yeah, um, I feel very strongly about this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Hence why yeah. you are on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm someone who is not super interested in biking in the city. It just scares me. What do you, what should a first timer city biker know? How would you break the ice for somebody who is a little bit yeah. more hesitant? Tips, tricks, what should we know? Just, it's very much like driving a car at least in, in cities like Paris, Amsterdam, that have developed bike infrastructure. So just pay attention to the signs, pay attention to the streetlights. There's separate streetlights mostly, most of the time for the bicycles. Okay. Um, and you'll be fine. It's just like driving a car and then just stay in your lane. Uh, pass people if they're going slow. Don't pass them if they're going fast. Um, and yeah, it's just, I guess, yeah, just pay attention to the street signs and the, the, and the lights and everything and yeah. I think so for me, I was a converted believer biker. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, I started believing probably about two months ago now, I want to say. Okay. Um, and for me, I think the most important thing is just being aware of the fact that I am also a vehicle and, and, and I'm allowed to take up space. Um, because I think just also in general, it's hard to have that confidence to like, mm -hmm. basically just be like, and cause you can't be like, excuse me to right. a car. You can't be like, oh, I'm just going to sneak right past you there. You yeah. know, like, we <laughs> like past yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to be assertive and you mm -hmm. have to be confident. And this is my Shout out to Vlieb. You have helped my self-confidence grow. <laughs> because no, that's like, that's so cheesy. But like genuinely just, I feel like Vlieb or just biking in the city. Yeah, you just have to take up space. And mm -hmm. even if you don't know exactly where you're going, like make that move and then just get off onto the side or like, Right yeah. on, like not on the sidewalk, but sometimes there's these little divots and you can just go off the side and, you know, re reorient yourself and that's be good. great advice. That's yeah. a really yeah. good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, just because somebody's in a car doesn't mean that they're entitled to get where they're going faster than you. Exactly. And being in Paris has helped me too feel really more empowered as a commuter, just like people in cars. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I try to instill in people on the tours is uh, 
you know, we have just as much a right to the road as the cars do. And if they honk, that's actually a tradition that means welcome to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they do. And I also tell people if the car is kind of trying to encroach on your space, you give them the hand of power. And if they're, that doesn't work, then you give them the finger of reproach. And you wag, wag your finger at them. And they, that usually, Which finger? Um, doesn't matter. Uh, generally, your index finger works. But if but, you feel very confident... Yes. Middle finger. Middle finger. See, I think I get frustrated as a pedestrian when cars will cut me off or bikes and or those little crotch rocket motorcycles. <laughs> and I I struggle to whip the finger because I'm like, I especially when it's these people who are on a bike or a scooter, they're like actually so close to you. Where it's like they mm. could just circle back and we could start a fight. So instead I put up like the the like New York, I'm walking here yeah. like the crazy. The two hands, hands. yeah, the two hands. Italian, hands. Italian yeah. uh, mafia hands. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to describe these hands. Yeah. I, I, I wish you guys could see us right now, but I throw out the big what the heck hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that is a good point. That now cycling in the in Paris is getting to the point where it's so popular that cyclists do need to be held to a higher standard of following the road rules. Like there are separate lights for the bicycles Mm -hmm. and it's, it's definitely less common that cyclists will run through those, but it is still an issue. And those cyclists should be called out by other members of the cycling community, Mm -hmm. because like I said, the volume of traffic is just so much that if everybody does that, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. Well, it drives me crazy too, because I feel like this is not just bikes. This is not exclusive to bikes, but to everybody kind of rolling on two wheels. I think 90, I'll say 90% of people do a pretty good job. I think 10% are just messing around. They're just it drives me crazy how almost daily there will be someone driving up on the sidewalk and cutting me off on the sidewalk. I was going to ask not if, acceptable. if you've had experiences with bikers oh my God, being yeah. irresponsible I, on sidewalks because it's I, not- I get really, you know, like I was just saying before that um, if I need to pull off on the side and figure out directions, sometimes I accidentally am in like the middle of a pedestrian walkway. But you're stopped. Yeah, but I'm stopped. That that's, is a good point. That's totally fine. You can stand there, whatever. You have the right to stand there even if you have a bike with you. Mm-hmm. What drives me crazy, it's not so much these bikers. It's a lot more of the electric scooters, the trottinette, mm. and the, what do you call it? Like a motorcycle scooter. Mo- the mopeds? Like, yeah, like mopeds or motos. Yes. Those people will drive full speed on the freaking sidewalk. Mm. That drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the trotinets so. oh my god well <laughs> that's a whole different that's yeah. a great segue right now <laughs> fuck mary kill trotinette so the electric scooters <laughs> bikes skateboards okay. in paris specifically fuck mary kill i'm gonna say fuck skateboard or yeah fuck skateboards okay because like, is it like a good kind of fuck or yeah, like a yeah. bad kind yeah, of fuck it's fuck mary kill like yeah it's okay. like one night stand you can okay, interpret it how you skateboards. want it. okay because paris is a really cool skateboarding culture there's lots of skate parks around the city um there's a skate park there's a couple skate parks right by by where i live and um i just wish i was a third of as cool as the skater boys (laughs) that hang out there that's how i feel there's some skater boys that hang out right outside my apartment Mm -hmm. and they're always using these old film cameras to film each other (laughs) so they're like like, real skater oh they are real and then (laughs) 
This happens out to me at least once a week where I'll be waiting at the sidewalk and I'll be waiting to cross and the guy goes, Madame, and then waves his hand for me to move. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm in your skater boy movie. <laughs> like, okay, I'll back yeah. up a little bit. And then he just skates right past me. <laughs> That's so definitely fuck okay. skateboards. Mm-hmm. I'll marry bicycles because Clearly. it's practical, it's useful, it's fun. And you could do it for life because you can oh. cycle. It's it's easy on your knees, you know. Why am I crying? And you can you can <laughs> stay cycling for all the way up uh, through through your whole life. So definitely marry cycle for life. Monogamous relationship with cycling. Um, Not openly. No, and then trottinets are. Uh, I'll, I'll kill trottinets because I don't like them personally. I don't. I think they're scary. Um, they can't. They are pretty like convenient, but I just don't feel agile. I feel like a little bit too unstable to be comfortable on them. I agree with your rating. Fuck, um, fuck skateboards. Skateboarders are cool. Uh, I wish they wouldn't do it on the sidewalk too much, but there are there are a lot of cool skate parks, and like people are just living their lives. You sound like such a mom. I it's am. Like, so, I I'm sorry. I'm not trying <laughs> to be a Karen over here, but like, <laughs> trottinette. Fuck trottinette. Fuck scooters. I have seen, or no, sorry, kill Trotinet. I'm personally very passionate about this. Even more that it's the bad kind of fuck this it's time. The bad yeah. kind of no, but I'm sort of against biking in Paris because it seems scary. I am 100% against these electric scooters. I am passionately against them. I don't care if that makes me a crazy Karen. They are so dangerous. You guys need to remember, we are in Paris. We don't have like asphalt we have like cobblestone from the middle ages we have tram lines there are so many there's trash everywhere there's construction everywhere it is ridiculous and it is completely inaccessible for trottinette so they go on the sidewalk and they're zooming at like 25 miles an hour with somebody with the straightest back you've ever seen in their life and you're like if this dude like hits a pebble they're gonna crack their skull open yeah, yeah, none of the trottinette riders, they none of them wear helmets. Yeah. Horrible. Except for the ones with like the jacked up trottinettes that go like 40 miles an hour. That is a good oh, point, God. yeah. And they have like the lights on them yeah. and stuff. Oh, that is a good point. You know, point. I was on a tour once and we got enveloped by a trottinette gang. <laughs> oh, God. Of all these guys, they had like the super jacked up trottinettes with neon <laughs> lights on them. And they're all dressed in black, like with like motorcycle armor and helmets. But they're scooters. They're little scooter yeah. boys okay. acting like Mary, they're Harley Mary Davidson. scooter boys. That no, groups of no, people. no. That is okay. Where do I find those? <laughs> the Chortinet store, I guess. Oh, well, I hate the Chortinet. I cannot talk but badly enough about Sam, them. Sam, the point that you made about the straight backs. That's so true. <laughs> so true. I'm like, you're going the, way too fast to be standing if like any that. of you out there are looking for posture correctors, <laughs> buy a trotty net. Run, do not walk to the trotty net oh, store. No, it's horrible. It's horrible. The only thing that I can think of that's probably worse is I have no idea, I have no idea what they're called. They're like the hoverboard yeah. things where it's like a the circular wheel. singular wheel. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. one of those dudes who like scoots past me on my way to work every morning and I just you see the same guy yes I see the same guy on his stupid little like scooter thing and I'm like one day I'm not gonna see you anymore and it's (laughs) what if you just stopped him and said that to him literally oh 
Guys, personal safety. I know somebody who cracked their whole jaw open because of oh. Twitchinet. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. It's stupid. I have one question to ask you, Sam. Okay. Isn't it kind of cute though when there's two <laughs> people on a trotinet? Like, <laughs> I like, I go, oh my god, Paris is so romantic <laughs> when I see that. Did you know that two people on a trotinet is illegal? Oh, 100%. And it should be. Yeah. But it's kind of <laughs> cute though. That. It's kind of cute. Have you ever wanted to ride with Ben on a trip? No, do you, we tried to kayak together. No, our own vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Fuck Mary Kill, trotinets, segways, and the uniwheel oh, thing. Trotinets, segways. <laughs> no, but these are all bad. These are all bad. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt's just like, ha ha ha. Okay. I got her. I will say, <laughs> I've ridden a segway once in my life, and I fell off of it twice. And this was like a month ago. Don't you guide Segway tours? <laughs> no, that was me okay. learning how to guide Segway tours. And, and I they said no. I wasn't then, cut out for it. <laughs> Okay, honestly, I would say marry the Segway because it's the slowest and safest option out of the three, I think. Have you ever ridden a Segway? Uh, I, I have. Okay. As like a kid at Discovery World in Milwaukee. I don't know if that was like the best experience to judge my entire basis on marrying them. But <laughs> you're like, I want to go on one date first. Love at first sight. <laughs> yeah. No, but I don't know. I guess... The guy who invented the Segway did fall off a cliff on a Segway, and that's how he died. That's did badass. he really? But I'm like, that's the way to go. Killed by your own invention. <laughs> Wait, that is so <laughs> cynical of you to say that. <laughs> Maybe Matt is fact-checking me right yeah. now. Yeah, it looks Thanks. true. It's true. I know it It's got true. air, air yeah. of truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, in it's this true. case... I don't know. Okay, I think I I think I know my answer. Go ahead. Okay, so what was it? It was the little round guys. Yeah, what are the round guys? Where do they go? I don't know. Okay, the circular. It's the one wheel, and you have like two pedals. That, I don't understand how people even get up on this. Yeah, I don't really either. What are they called? Uh, gyroru. Is it French or <laughs> gyro wheels? Gyropod. Oh. Gyropod. Gyro okay, they're called gyro. Oh my god, they're expensive. Oh my they're god. They're like a thousand euros for the cheapest one. <laughs> Jesus. But oh. those things are fast. Yeah, I was gonna say, fuck the gyropod. Okay. I feel like it just has a certain air of mystery to it that is kind of enticing. <laughs> Wait, so who would you kill then? Um, and then what was my other segue? And then Trotinette? Um, I think Mary Trotinet, because like I said, romantic. Two people on a Trotinet. <laughs> I love that idea. Okay. Like, yeah. it's your beautiful. perfect date. It's my perfect date. Oh, God. <laughs> Sam's just like shaking her head. Um, and then kill segways because I've never you have thought no twice about segways in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it once. A couple of years ago, and I've never thought never about it again, again until this moment. <laughs> okay. Wow. What about ripsticks? What do you think? I was oh just thinking oh of ripsticks. Okay. I love ripsticks. <laughs> I was at Decathlon today, and I thought I saw a ripstick. It oh. wasn't a ripstick, but it looked, it had the similar model. And I was like, do I buy this? No, Question mark. I was, when we started talking about this gyroscope thing, not a, what's it called? Mono wheel. Mono wheel. We keep on saying different names. Look how stupid. Again, the posture. 
when we started talking about these gyro mono whatever wheels, I instantly thought of ripsticks and how much I loved ripsticks. Okay, here's a new idea okay. that we should propose to Anne Hidalgo. An electric ripstick? An electric ripstick oh, to yeah. get through. That defeats the, the purpose though. The whole point of the ripstick is the ripping motion. Well, the whole point of a bike is the biking motion, but we made that electric. Yeah, but it just, you still do the, uh, I don't know. Yep, I got him. I got him, guys. <laughs> I don't think you did because I think the rip. I don't know. The ripstick, you like. I don't feel good. You got rhythm. I couldn't skateboard, but I could ripstick. Yeah. yeah. It's about the journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, one of my dreams, one of my bucket list items is to go to that. Uh, it's like an airport park out like in Berlin. Oh, yeah. And oh, ripstick and like rollerblade around there. Oh, wheelies. Mm. Do wheelies in there. Wait, how do you guys feel about... Or Heelys, not wheelies. <laughs> oh, yeah, Heelys. With the shoes? Yeah. <laughs> did you guys ever have those? Fuck yeah. Of course well, you did. Is this a PG you podcast? You can bleep me. I can always bleep you. I, yeah. feel, like I'm, I feel like... Frick, we've, yeah. We've sworn swearing. a lot. Yeah, I I think we're fine in swearing. Yeah. One other, one other question I'm curious your guys' opinions about. What do you think about... People who use like the normal scooters, like the Razor scooters in skate parks. What do I think of the people who use normal in in skate parks? Yeah, have you never seen that? Oh yeah, no, that's where they do the thing where it's like like a three sixty. Live your life. Also, I want to check their ankles for scars. (laughs) You walk like a swinging blade. Yeah, because haven't you ever like I had a Razor scooter growing up? I feel like a lot of kids growing up in the. Early 2000s. You know, I was lighting up those streets with my <laughs> Razor scooter Did you tricks. have a pink one? No, I had... Well, actually, I didn't even have my own. I had to share with my brothers. <laughs> I had a black one, and it like I got a special edition one with like extra foamy handles. Ooh. <laughs> but I just remember... I just remember, like, you'd swing the... You'd, like, accidentally swing the bottom part around and you just like kill that like circle yeah. on your ankle oh yeah, yeah. oh that hurts so bad that i feel it right now actually yeah, it's like a oh. <laughs> lingering <laughs> yeah did you guys ever wipe out on one of those i never had one you never had one and my cousins had one and i always used it and the ripstick i never had a ripstick either <gasps> i didn't have a ripstick i had a friend who I was not very close with, but I like to go to her house after to use, to use her ripstick. That's horrible. That's I'm deleting that. No, please leave that what in here. What was your name? I, no. Please <laughs> leave nameless. that in here. Please leave that in here. Oh, she's a lovely using, person. Using people for their ripsticks. <laughs> Sam. We've all been there. 2K22. <laughs> we, were, we were frenemies and she used me and I used her ripstick. I think we're even. So it was a symbiotic relationship. There we go. A Sim- yeah. uh, mutually parasitic relationship. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself parasitic. I just took a ripstick out every once in a while. <laughs> it seems like a fair trade-off for a bad friend. <laughs> like, you may be rude to me, but you have a ripstick. Oh, man. That's so. All right. So, any... So do you think after this conversation, you would be open to taking a bike ride with us? In Versailles. In Versailles. Okay. I would love to go bike. We'll take Okay, work with that. We can start there. I don't think I'm ready to bike in Paris. Hopefully with the changing infrastructure and how things are going, it will become even more accessible for bikes and I will feel more comfortable doing that. Right now, no, thank you. Heck yeah. Respect. Respect. I have one last question for you guys. 
what is the most dangerous thing you guys have seen or done yourselves regarding any of these? I looked up the word earlier. It's called a pedestrian conveyance. <laughs> because I was trying to find a word like, what do you call a skateboard, a scooter, rollerblades, all of these random like things that make people go faster while still standing up? Mm. Um, have you guys seen anything remarkable? Or- I mean, to be honest... The trottinet, two people on a trottinet seems so dangerous to me, especially because I feel like at least in half of the ca- those cases, they're at least a little drunk. Mm. Yeah. Uh, drunk driving a trottinet is probably like... So stupid. So stupid. Guys, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Have you guys... I've seen people wipe out on the scooters before. Have you guys seen people? I haven't out? actually. I've before. never actually seen anyone wipe out. I've seen one bike accident okay but it was so brief like I, I honestly couldn't even recount what it looked like it was just i remember seeing someone kind of hit someone else and then they fell over okay. and then i kept biking on my <laughs> believe so it didn't seem super serious no yeah. it wasn't anything nothing super serious bloody nothing none of that i think i've seen a lot of more tourists or people not speaking French, so hearing Anglophones or people like that. That's a lot of the people I see wiping out on these scooters. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that's just a one-off experience mm-hmm. that I had. Yeah, and part of it does come down to, remember, like, it's my first time biking in Paris. When you're unfamiliar with it, you're trying to focus on where you are. You're not paying attention to your surroundings. So mm-hmm. it's a, if you're new to Paris and you're thinking about taking them, Try it out on a route that's easy to follow, like the river mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we can't get lost. Something yeah. that I do a lot because I'm not quite as savvy with the the map of Paris, um, especially when biking, because I do try to avoid being on my phone while biking. I just I know that I'm more of an idiot when I have my phone out and I'm biking, so I just try to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times I look up the route before and like for example today i was in the 11th and i could have taken one route that would go through a bunch of random streets that i didn't really know and it looked just kind of weird but then i noticed that i could just go north and follow along the seine and then get to saint michel and i know how to get from saint michel to my apartment so i just chose that route instead and even though that was a little bit more uh, or that was even even though that was a little bit longer it was yeah. still the best choice because yeah. you could do it more safely. Yeah. Um, the most dangerous thing that I've seen around the city that really drives me crazy, even worse than the regular electric scooters, is parents allowing their children to scooter on the metro um, case. Mm. The metro I've seen that as well. Landing areas. You've seen yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually... I saw this little kid with his scooter and he pushed it and it just inched right up to the metro. Um, And luckily the mom ran up and got it because it was, it was getting very close to falling into the metro tracks. I, I think that people have a lot of choices being a parent. I think that everyone's trying their best, but I will say that you're fucking stupid if you let your, no, you are fucking stupid if you let your kid ride a scooter next to the train tracks i might cut some of that that (laughs) no no i love how passionate that you are about it no but i was a nanny and i 
the kids would scooter and they were on the sidewalk. They weren't electric scooters. They were these little scooters. Teach safety early on. Get those kids Same with helmets. bikes. Same with bikes. If you don't know how to use a bleep, <laughs> put it back. But unfortunately, your parents are probably not watching you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a bigger force yeah. stopping you. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to No, no. About? I feel like I've said my piece. Okay. Uh, ride a bike. Call your mother. Say hi. She misses you. <laughs> And yeah. Well, Matt, thank you for joining us on this podcast. What did you think? Did you have a good time? Yeah, this is fun. Very, very fun. <laughs> good, uh, good banter. And um, maybe someday I'll be invited on again. Yeah. If oh, this yeah. is well received. Uh, yeah, we'll see. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course. Remember to jump on the Patreon. That uh, doesn't exist. That will. does not exist. No, just you have the. He's sound just bite doing now. his. Yeah, he's um, just doing his. Uh, shout out to uh, the YouTube channel, not just bikes. If you want to learn more about city biking, it's a great, great resource. Um, cool. I'm a we'll, big fan. We'll put that in the description link. Yeah, we'll link that. So. Yeah, for he's really, really quality videos uh, learning about urban planning and things like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you guys on our next episode of the La Vie and Bros podcast. Ciao, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs>